All right, so we are taking a little aside, and I apologize for all the starts and stops with this lesson, and there's going to be another one because I won't be here next week either, so, um, but we are working towards the, the, the fifth baptism. Now, we're, we're talking about seven baptisms, for those of you who are new in here, seven baptisms in the Bible. The first one was John the Baptist baptism. He baptized with water, Jewish repenters. That was John the Baptist baptism. The second baptism we saw was the baptism with the Holy Ghost. And by our study in the scriptures, the best we I can see there is that it is a visible uh, manifestation of when the Holy Ghost first came upon the believers permanently. That was not a condition seen before that time where the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit came on believers permanently. It came and went in the Old Testament. Permanent uh, indwelling of the Holy Spirit shown by visible signs, baptism with the Holy Ghost. Third baptism we looked at was the baptism with fire, comparing the scriptures and the context that is a baptism of unbelievers into literal fire. The baptism of John was literal water. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was literally the Holy Spirit. And the baptism of fire was literally fire. And that is a baptism for unbelievers, which you know that the, at the end, the lost are cast into the lake of fire. Um, it's a baptism. You're immersed into fire. Not a good thing. You don't want that, okay? Um, and uh, the fourth baptism we dealt with was the baptism... Um, that Christ mentioned his own baptism of suffering. Um, he had a baptism to be baptized with, pointing to the cross and his sufferings on the cross. And uh, believers also take part in that in their sufferings for Christ, like Paul and Peter mentioned in their epistles. Um, so those are the four baptisms we talked about. Now, <clears throat> before we got, get into the fifth baptism, I'm trying to really lay an important foundation of how important this baptism is. And we're looking at a list of many things in the Bible, we're looking at a list of many things in the Bible that show us the benefits of being in Christ, being in Christ. I'm just going to quickly blow through the ones that we've done already, okay? Uh, we see that in Romans 3.24, we are justified through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We have justification and redemption in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.1, we now no longer have condemnation because we're in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2, and 1 Corinthians 15, he has given us life because we're in him. Romans 8, 39, we have access to the love of God. If you're not in Christ, the wrath of God abideth on you. But the love of God, we have access to it through Jesus Christ by being in him. Um, Romans 12, 5 says that we're joined to the fellowship of one body. We have a fellowship and a camaraderie and a union with all those who are in Christ as well. Um, you might not have had a belonging before you were saved. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but if there was any lack of, of, of uh, fellowship and, and belonging, uh, unity, uh, before you're in Christ, you have one now in Christ with the believers. Romans 16.10 says that we uh, talked about a man who was approved in Christ, and we also talked about connecting that with Ephesians 1.6, how we are accepted in Christ. The only reason you have any uh, standing with God in a positive sense is because you're in Christ. You're not accepted outside of Christ, and neither am I. We are accepted in the beloved, Ephesians 1, 6 says. Uh, number 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2 says, We are sanctified, which is to be set apart for a holy purpose. We now have a purpose, and specifically chosen by God for a purpose for Him. And there's actually a lot of these that kind of parallel with that in slightly different perspectives. We should be talking about some of those today, but uh, we are sanctified in Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says that we are now of God. 
Before you were saved, when you were lost, you were of that wicked one. You're of the prince of the power of the air. You're of your father, the devil. And so was I. And being in Christ changed that whole thing, and we are now of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, the ninth one, we are begotten in him. Uh, John chapter 3, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. We are born again in Christ. That's only available in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, we are established in Christ, fixed, settled, secure. Nobody's taken that away from you. We're going to touch on another one like that today. Um, but you're fixed and settled, unlike the rest of this world, which is everything is on shifting sand in their emotions and in their mentality and their everything. Um, second, the 11th one, 2 Corinthians 2.14, in Christ we are able to always triumph. Always. Now that's an available thing that we have in Christ that many of us do not use. Because it's available, but we don't take advantage of it. But we are able to always, always, always triumph in Christ. 2 Corinthians, the 12th one, 2 Corinthians 3.14, the veil, the Bible says the veil was done away in Christ. We don't have time to elaborate on that, all of that. But what it tells us is that we, number one, have access to God because we're in Christ. And number two, we have enlightenment of the scriptures because we're in Christ. The veil is done away, the thing that divides between us and God and our understanding between us and the scriptures. Number 13, several references, Corinthians 5.17, Galatians 6.15, Ephesians 2.10, tells us that we are a new creature in Christ. We didn't just get reformed, there was something new made inside of us. And uh, old things are passed away. It's a new start, not a reformation. We don't have the old, old thing kind of reworked and cleaned up and polished up. It's a new creature in you and... Uh, God made that when you were saved, born again. And the last one we dealt with was in the 14th one, Galatians 2, 4. We now have liberty in Christ. That is liberty from sin, not to sin. Liberty from sin, liberty from the law. And uh, it takes us out of the bondage that we, we would have had under the law, like the Jewish people had under the law, never having their sins taken away, just covered, um, never being able to be free from that sin. We now have liberty, we have the ability, the freedom to be able to serve Christ and uh, please him and not, not have to constantly be going to a high priest to have a sacrifice constantly, constantly, constantly to cover that sin. And we have the ability to, uh, it kind of ties in with that, um, being able to triumph in everything. We now have the ability to get victory in our life over sin. All right, so that was 14 of them in Christ you have those benefits. Let's look at number 15, and we'll just go through one at a time and stop where the clock tells us to. Galatians chapter 3. <clears throat> it would behoove us to, to meditate on these things frequently. Um... You know, I know, we, we, have, we have jobs, we have families, we have responsibilities, we have pressures, we have burdens, we have sorrows, we have pains, we have uh, temptations, and every one of those things draws away our mind and our heart from the facts of who we are and what we have in Christ. And sometimes just take a, a moment to think about what do I have in Christ. If I'm saved, if you're saved, trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, 
what do I have in Christ? It'll, it'll change our mindset. It'll change our attitude, what we have in Christ. Galatians chapter 3. Um, let's start with uh, verse, well, look at verse 26. <clears throat> verse 26 says this in Galatians 3, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Okay, you know, the world likes to say, oh, we're all children of God, and they leave out the last half of that verse. We are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. If you haven't put your faith in Christ Jesus, if your faith is in yourself, if your faith is in your church, if your faith is in your baptism, if your faith is in your good works, if your faith is in what a pastor or a priest told you, your faith is not in Christ Jesus, okay? We're born again by faith in Christ Jesus. You're children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. Now look down at verse 28. Because of that, it says this, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one, where? In Christ Jesus. Do you know this is the thing that the world is trying to accomplish with all their societal stuff, their communism, the, the psychology, the philosophy, this is what they're trying to accomplish. They want to make everybody one and all one big happy family and bring peace to the earth. And it's never going to be accomplished by all the world's methods. And yet, one simple act of trust and belief in Christ Jesus can resolve everything that the world's trying to accomplish with all their wars and all their education and all their money. You can make everybody that is in different segments of the population, different economic statuses, different genders, different ethnicities, you can make them all one in Christ. And of course, the, you know, the world just wants to reject Christ and still go after their own way. They could have what they're trying to accomplish in Christ. You know, we, you know there, are, there are people from all different backgrounds in this, in this congregation right now. Okay, there's older people, there's younger people, there's people with high education, there's people that dropped out of school, there's people that are healthy, there's people that are not well. There's people that are, there's, there's male and female in here, there's young, there's all, all of it. And yet, we all have a commonality in Christ, we can come together and worship together and have a unity in Christ, that's only found in Christ. That's not found with, you know, social programs, all right? That, and the, what the world's trying to accomplish with their own uh, uh, culture and all that other stuff can be found in one man, and it's in Christ Jesus. When we are saved, uh, I, I have had the opportunity to minister with people who are vastly different than me because we were in Christ. I was one of the, some of the first people that I ministered with on the street were ex-cons in prison for armed assault, armed robbery and assault, murder. And yet here we are, the guy that dropped out of school in prison and the guy that was raised in a Christian home were both there preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ together because we have unity in Christ. The world can't pull those two kinds of people together and give them unity. God can. And it can be done in Christ. All right? So we ha and then we have that. That's what we have in Christ. It's a, it's a great thing. All that, that the unity we can have because we're in Christ. You're all one in Christ Jesus. A great thing. Great thing. Um, all right. Look over at Ephesians chapter 1, number 16. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1. Look at uh, verse 3. <clears throat> Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, this one kind of falls flat with this Laodicean modern church. You know what you and I have in Christ Jesus? 
all spiritual blessings. Now, the problem is, is we're usually chasing all physical blessings, all carnal blessings. We're looking for the money. We're looking for the health. We're looking for the satisfaction in this life. And I, I get it. I'm just, you know, I have a tendency to be just as carnal as you. But God says he provided us all spiritual blessings in Christ. And we don't have time to, this could be a whole series in itself, all the spiritual blessings we have in Christ. Look just through this chapter, in chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 1. The spiritual blessings we have in Christ far outweigh anything we could have physically or carnally. Um, and we have that because we're in Christ. There are so many things we have access to that we're ignorant of. You know, Paul says several times, I would not have you be ignorant brethren. And yet there's plenty of ignorant brethren in the church because we don't get into the book and dwell and meditate upon what God has given us. God has given us spiritual blessings in Christ, in Christ. There's, there's, there's all, all sorts of benefits we have spiritually. You know, those are the things that are going to last when you die. Your money is going to somebody else. Your car is going to somebody else. Your house is going to somebody else. Your friends are going to find new friends. Your family is going to put your picture on the wall and in memorial, and then, you know, they'll move on with their lives. But what you have spiritually is going to last for all eternity. Our rewards spiritually will last for all eternity. What we've accomplished for Christ spiritually will last for all eternity. We will live eternally with those, the benefits of those rewards or not. And so those, those spiritual blessings are, are to be um, had in a lot higher regard than our, our carnal blessings. All right? And God does bless us. Don't get me wrong. He gives us health, and he, he gives us the power to get wealth, and he blesses us that way too. But the important ones in Christ are spiritual, spiritual blessings. All right, number 17, look down in the same chapter, and look at uh, verse 10. Uh, yeah, boy, oh, boy. Verse 7, for context, all right? Talking about Christ, in whom we have redemption through his blood. We talked about that one. It was one of the first ones we talked about. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself. What's God's good pleasure, which he purposed in himself? Verse 10, that in the dispensation or the fullness of times, he might gather together in one... All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him. You know, the Bible says, I think in 1 Corinthians 15, that at the end of the whole, when this whole thing is all said and done, Christ is going to deliver up the kingdom to his Father, that, um, and that God may be all in all. And what God's going to do, he's going to wrap up this whole thing when he's put down the devil, when he's gotten rid of sin, when he's you know, put death down and pain and sorrow is all gone, and he wraps this whole thing up into a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness, and everything's perfect and whole and entire. Do you know who's going to be there remaining? In God's final plan, those who are in Christ. Those, that's what's, those are who is going to remain. The lost are cast into the lake of fire, but those in Christ are being gathered together in one in Christ. When, God's, when, the, when the God is done with all this thing and he sets forth eternity in perfection, without sin, without death, without pain, without sorrow, and, his, and he is finally... Can, he can again say, like he said at the end of his creation in Genesis 1, it's very good. And that's going to be, you and I have a part of that. We're going to be in one in Christ Jesus if we're saved. We get to be a part of that plan of God for, for his people. That's all that's going to be left eternally is what's in Christ. All right? The lost who are outside of Christ, the Bible uses, uses the term without Christ. 
they have no part in that. They have a part in the lake of fire. But as a, as a, as a Christian, we have a part in that fi- the whole eternal plan of God. All right, same chapter. Look at verse, um, starting at verse 15. This is uh, number 18 on your sheet. <clears throat> verse 15, Ephesians 1.15 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. By the way, here's going to be some of the spiritual blessings that we have, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're heading down to verse uh, 20 here. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Where is this power? Verse 20, which he wrought... In Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Okay, so verse 19 tells us that he is, uh, he wants us to see the riches of, of, of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us. That power is wrought in Christ. Number one, I want you to see in verse 20 that that power is the same power. Now, don't, don't, pass over this because you're familiar with everything that in the Bible, the power that he is manifesting to us and gives us is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. This is going to be very important in our following lessons in the months to come um, because this power to raise, the power of able to raise someone from the dead is available to you and I. Now, what's that power for? What is it for? To, to, to do something, you know, miraculous and, and, and wonderful and, uh, for everybody to see? No, not necessarily. What is it for? You'll look in Romans chapter 8. You'll see that that power is to live holy. And that's where you lose everybody because, oh, I want something that's like, oh, I want to be able to heal somebody. I want to be able to, whatever, okay, prophesy. I want to, they want that kind of power. Again, they want the carnal over the spiritual, God called us to live holy, and on our own, we can't do it. So what does he say? Okay, I'll give you some power. In Christ, you're in Christ now, I'm going to give you all the power that Christ had. Well, what's that power? It's the power that raised him from the dead. It's the power that has the ability to quicken a body and make it live again. And that power is going to be available for you and I to be able to live holy and victorious in this life. That ought to be a concern for us because that's what we're going to stand before God and give an account of. The, the things done in our body, whether they be good or bad. Not whether you're saved or lost, that's already been secured if you've trusted in Christ. But God's going to judge us for the things done of what sort they are. Are they holy or unholy? Are they good or bad? Did they abide the fire or, or did they get burned up? Are they wood, hay, and stubble or are they gold, silver, and precious stones? How can I do that, God? Well, here you go. Here's some power to do that through the Holy Spirit, the same power that raised a man from the dead. Yes, dear. Uh, which one? Uh, it's in Romans 8. Uh, if you want that actual reference, I'll give it to you. It's Romans 8. Eleven, 
is the really the key verse there. Romans 8.11. You have power, okay? We have power. Kind of ties in with, again, with uh, able always to triumph because we have that power to do so. And that's in Christ. That power is in Christ. You're going to see that this baptism credits you with everything that Christ has. When you're in Christ, God looks at you just like he looks at his son. And everything that his son has is credited to you and I if we're in him. And that's why I came up with 30 of these, and there's probably 30 more and maybe 100 more of benefits we have in Christ Jesus. It's just, they're probably unsearchable. These are the ones I found. In Christ, we have power. All right, number 19. Look at Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6. Mm, let's start with 4. <clears throat> One of the greatest conjunction verses in the Bible, but God. God steps in and changes everything. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and look at this, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ, I am seated in heavenly places already. You say, how does that work? I have no idea. (laughs) One of the things about the Bible, don't make the mistake of if I can't understand it, I need to rework the words to make myself understand it. Don't do that. Take the words, believe what they say, compare Scripture with Scripture, make sure the context is correct, And it says, he hath made, past tense, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you know why I'm secure and I don't worry about losing my salvation? Because I'm already in heaven. I'm already there. There's a great song I was listening to on the way over. I had to remind myself of the words. There's a song that says, I'm already over on the other side waiting in my brand new body. Seated up there in heaven fair. At the right hand of the Father. My citizenship is in heaven. I'm living with Christ, you see. I'm already over on the other side, just waiting on my body to be. It's, it's a done deal. Amen. I'm already there. In Christ, I'm already there. And you are already there, just waiting to get this body changed and get called up to heaven and seal the deal. <laughs> um, and we, we have that security knowing that we're already in Christ. You know, you know, I appreciate, you know, and I get it. There's, there's an application in John 10 about, um, you know, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Now, I, I, I think that deals more specifically with, with Israel as a nation, but we have the application that God has is in his hand, we're his sheep. But you know what? You're not in Christ's hand. Ooh, <laughs> I saw the trigger, figure, trigger fingers getting at you when I said that. <laughs> You're not in Christ's hand. Paul says we are of his flesh and of his bones. You are his hand because you're in Christ. You can't jump out of it. Nobody can pull you out of it. You are his body, the Bible says. We're already part of his body. That's why we're seated and having places. We're secure. You're not losing it. I'm not losing it. All right? And it's a benefit that we have in Christ. In Christ. All right? It's a good thing. Um, all right. Uh, Ephesians. Ephesians has got a lot of these. In fact, one of the most common phrases in Ephesians is in him or in Christ. 
Number 20, Ephesians 2, verse um, uh, 12. Starting verse 12. I've got to get the context of these. It's just so much good around this. Ephesians 2, 12. What else do we have in Christ? That at that time, this is when we were lost, that at that time ye were without Christ. See that word without? It means outside of. We were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel. Uh, you're going to notice that the context is here in relation to Israel, who was God's chosen people, who he gave access to through the high priest, limited, but gave access to God and had fellowship with God with that people, the nation of Israel. This is the context we're talking about. You were, you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now... In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one. Both who? Israel and Gentiles, the Jews and the Gentiles, he made them both one. You know, the Jews had a special privilege to access God and had the temple to, and the, the ability to um, communicate with God, had his laws. The Gentiles didn't have that. Now, things are changed now because we have a third group, the church of God, and both Jew and Gentile can now be made nigh unto God. But what is he talking about here? He's talking about, practically, we can talk about we have been made, uh, we were separate from God. That's what he says, without God, we were without Christ. We've been taken from that point and made nigh, okay? We were brought into a relationship that only his privileged people had at one time. And we are, we are made nigh. We, we couldn't approach to God before. We had no priest. We had no law. We had no temple. And now God says, okay, I'm going to make both of you one. And then I'm going to take both of you who trust in Christ and put you into a new thing, the church of God. And now every believer is a priest. Every believer has access to God through the blood of Jesus Christ in Christ. It says, now in Christ, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh. By the blood of Christ. What does it say? For he is our peace. Do you know what was going on between the Jews and the Gentiles? Strife, battle, war. Uh, there, there was contention. There was, there was dislike between the two groups. He made peace with that. But more than that, he made peace with God. Romans chapter 5 says, Now uh, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You were not at peace with God before you were saved. You and I were enemies of God. Bible uses the word enmity. There was no peace with God before Christ. But in Christ, He is our peace. In Christ, we have peace with God. There's no more contention. God's wrath is no longer on us. We're not at odds with God. We are at peace with God because of Jesus Christ. In Christ, we're made nigh to God. We're made nigh to the people of God. And God puts us in a, in a new thing called the, 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 the church of God. All right. Um, let's, let's do one more, at least. One more. Number 21, Ephesians chapter 3. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Verse 1. Sorry. I learned that from Pastor Benson. Let's start. He would always go, okay, let's read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. Well, okay, back up to verse 1. Well, for the context, let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Well, back to Genesis. We'll start from the beginning and just get it from there. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. 
I blame him for that. All right, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, we talked about the first part of that verse 6, Gentiles becoming fellow heirs. That's being uh, stopped the separation between Jew and Gentile. There's, they're fellow heirs now with the people of God. The same body, that's the church of God, now made of Jew and Gentile. And in addition to that, he says, and partakers of his promise. Well, what's his promise? There's a lot of promises in the Bible. But um, I think it's particularly this one. Look at Titus chapter 1. Titus chapter 1. I think particularly this one. Because I believe, according to this verse, this is the oldest promise there is. What's the promise that we are now partakers of because we're in Christ? Titus chapter 1, verse 1. <clears throat> What's that promise that we are now partakers of in Christ? Titus 1.1 1, 1 says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised when before the world began. That's one of the first promises God ever made is that he would give mankind eternal life. And we now have partake, are partakers of that promise if, and only if, you're in Christ. Why, you know, I just thought of another verse. Why is that? Look at 1 John 5. Why is that? In Christ, you are now partakers of that promise. Look at 1 John 5, verse 20, and then we'll be done. You know, in Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment is described, and those who are not found written in the Lamb's book of life are cast into the lake of fire, which the Bible calls the second death. That's what we escaped. The lost are going to die eternally. What do we have? In Christ, we live eternally. Why? First, uh, first John 5, look at verse 20. John wraps up his epistle by saying this, and we know that the Son of God, who's that? Jesus Christ. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ, this Pointing back to Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. You are in eternal life if you are in Christ. And there's no taking you out of that. You and I have eternal life. We are partakers of a promise of eternal life that God gave before the world began. 
Why? Because you got placed in Christ if you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you believe the gospel. Do you see that in Ephesians 3, 6? We're partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. It's by the gospel. The gospel is found in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 through 4, how that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day. This is the gospel that Paul says, by which you are saved if we believe on that gospel. And believing on that gospel places you into Christ. And so far, we've talked about 21 benefits that we have because we have that position. Not because of us, but because of what Christ did through the gospel and our belief on that gospel. God says, okay, all I'm asking you to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That moment you do that takes you from death unto life takes you from being a child of the devil to makes you a child of God, takes you out of whatever your family you're in and puts you in Christ and gives you every one of these benefits and more. This is why when we talk about this baptism, I want you to remember all these things because it's very, very important that you and I are in Christ.